Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And this is going to be a different kind of podcast today because I'm joined by Sadia Khan, who is a London-born psychologist. And she began her career in colleges in London before moving to Dubai. And you sort of, you're a relationships coach. Yeah, it started as a psychologist and then went into teaching for a little while and started teaching psychology and then kind of fell back into therapy. I think after a little while, I wanted to work with kids. But there was, I think now that we can access the world so easily, if you've got a bit of a skill, I recommend trying to give it out to as many people as possible. And when I was in a classroom, I was a bit limited. And I thought I have... potentially something to offer the world with this insight into relationships in the modern world. So I started doing it online and then now I just am a relationship coach or just general psychotherapist. And you've racked up millions of views online. Accidentally. I don't know how because I've got no team. I've got no marketing. I've got nothing. If you see my reels, they're really, really badly edited because I kind of just do them quickly while I'm on the treadmill and then I just post it with no kind of strategy none whatsoever. So I do need one though, because I'm sure I could probably monetize or grow it if I did, but I have no strategy at the moment. So we're just winging it. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of, I kind of love that for you because (laughs) that's how I started Divorce Not Dead. I'd never done anything like this before in my life. And we're at 5 million downloads now. And I don't really know how. And it's not like a big team or it's just the, you, the two of Sergio. you. Yeah, yeah that's me. me and Sergio. I speak, he does the rest. <laughs> you know, and now actually I've started dragging him in and people are quite enjoying listening yeah. to us because I think, you know, I think it's, if if it's authentic and it's relevant, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, my story with Sergio catches a lot of people's attention uh-huh. anyway, because I think women, a lot of women have been taught, as I've said, 
that life after 40, it's only downhill. Yeah. And I've just got going. So I oh, think, you amazing. know, people are interested if yeah. you're living your authentic life. Yeah. Um, and we're not, you know, sitting in some corner shaking. Yeah. They're interesting what you've got to say. And you look fabulous. <laughs> and I, I would listen to you too. So anyway. Oh, thank you. So I'm being dragged in to a therapy lesson, a lesson, not well, therapy session, session for and, myself. And she only got told this about five minutes ago. But I'm up for it. So, yeah, I love um, that. Go for it. Okay. So do you mind me starting with a few questions? Nope. Yep. So it's Caroline and you're 47 now? Yes. And your occupation? Well, the podcaster, TV, luxury brand ambassador. Incredible. Yeah. And your marital status? Married. Any children? Three. And can I ask your parents' marital status? Married. Married. And can I ask if you've had any kind of therapy or any kind of sessions before? I've had two, actually. I did one when I was getting divorced from my first husband, mm -hmm. but she needed to me to commit to her every single week and I couldn't commit to him every single week at that right. point. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And I have done one with Marissa Peer, actually on uh, Housewives. I don't know if that counts as much because right. I'd like to follow up with her because I thought she was But great. there's been no kind of previous anxiety or bouts of any kind of depression or anything like that. no I don't have a depression I do I can get anxiety terrible anxiety I was going through a court case and you know things like this you, you before mm -hmm. so in the lead up to I guess it finishing I think I was very anxious and going into housewives always mm -hmm. when you start yeah, it's like going back to school yeah but I am you know very British. I believe instead of pulling your own socks up and getting on with it. Yes. So I sort of talk myself out of anxiety. Incredible. Um, my daughter has anxiety, actually. Mm -hmm. So I might have to chat to you about that. Amazing. I, well, not amazing, yeah. but it's good that you've got that insight. Do you mind if I start with asking about your relationship history, like yep. your long-term relationships as an adult and up to now? It, it, what, First kind of long-term relationship. Okay. And how long it lasted. And was there a common theme of why relationships broke down previously before Sergio? First of all, I have a terrible, terrible memory. Everyone knows me. <laughs> I'm called the goldfish. I don't know. I've always been a sort of serial long-term relationship person. I had one boyfriend for three years, one for six years, and got another one for two years. Why did they break down? I think I always left. Mm. I always left. I got bored or, you know, don't know. Then I got married. Then mm -hmm. I met my then husband and I was married to him for, well, with him for 18 years. Wow. And then I met Sergio. Okay. And I've been with him for, I think it's four years now, isn't it? Diane? Oh, amazing. And if you were to ask your ex-husband why the relationship broke down, what would he say was difficult? He would probably say a multitude. He's, he thinks I think he's boring or was boring, <laughs> which was, wasn't true. Mm -hmm. And he's now actually parting his ass off so he's definitely not boring <laughs> I think that for me if I'm honest it all began to go downhill after children right and I think that that's quite common and I think I had a big business that I was building mm -hmm. I had a lot of employees I was very stressed he started traveling a lot for his work he was gone every two weeks mm -hmm. so I was on my own a lot and mm -hmm. I got used to being on my own really right. used to it and I was building my company and so I was probably a bit like a prickly pear then I had children on top of all of that mm -hmm. So I was very, I had a lot of, I had, I think, 74 employees, 70, oh, wow. something like this by then. And I was running a huge house, running the children, nannies, yeah. the driver. And I probably wasn't, probably wasn't very nice to be around, to be honest. And did he feel like you were emotionally quite disconnected? Yes, definitely. And definitely. Is, is that a theme in previous relationships as well? Like emotional yes. disconnect? I'm not very, I can't show emotion very well. 
Sergio would tell. I'm like a bit like a prickly bear. I don't <laughs> like lots of cuddles. He'll he, last night. I think we went for a walk, and Sergio tried to put his arm around me. It's like oh, claustrophobic. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, yeah. so it's, yeah, emotions and affection is not your no. forte. Okay. Do you mind me asking if you were it, where you get that from? Are your parents quite? Are they um, like warm and fuzzy, or are they more composed and composed and distant? And 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 I I went to boarding school from six to eighteen. Oh wow! Yeah. So I okay. think that's just you know. Yeah. So, do you do you kiss and cuddle parents? No. And do you talk like deep? Like, do you say "I love you" and "miss you" to parents? No. <laughs> so, it usually, and I could be totally wrong. Usually, when we have parents that are a little bit emotionally distant, what happens is that child goes a bit into survival mode because what they then do is they start to realize that only they're responsible for soothing their own emotions. Nobody's going to coddle them. So mm. they are responsible. So they kind of become hyper-independent from an early age. And what that hyper-independence looks like is they almost glorify being alone, glorifying not needing anybody's emotional support. And when people try and seek emotional connection from them, they, see, they label it as clingy. And they label desires of love and affection as needy. And they almost have a very short temper with that. And what they'll do is think that they're fine. They think they're, they're, there's nothing wrong with them because they're not suffering. They're very independent and so on and so forth. But their partner can be sometimes left unsure if they love them or not. Are you unsure, darling? No. He no, he's not. He knows. Uh, he, he, he's generally... actually got me down pat. He uh, actually he's knows a perfect, what to... yeah, yeah, he's a perfect he, fit. He is actually clingier than I'm used to, mm -hmm. but he does understand. He makes fun of it. Aww. He makes, he's sarcastic with yeah. it. So he gets like, he doesn't get upset with me. He understands why I am the way I am. Do you think that's because he's quite secure in himself? Yeah, he is secure yeah. in himself. I think I've given him that confidence yeah. though, because when I met him, he wasn't this secure. Mm -hmm. I think he was coming out of his, you know, playing soccer and he was, he'd just done his master's and he didn't know where he wanted to be in life, mm -hmm. right? Because soccer had been his life. Mm -hmm. And so I think when I got, got Sergio, he was very unsure of himself. Right. And I think over the years, he's incredibly sure of himself now. I feel like he's got a lot of confidence because when I do give it to him like that, he does he, he he doesn't get upset anymore. He okay. used to take it, I think, a little bit more to heart, but now not at all. Have, have your partners in the past been a bit clingier than you are? Or have they been quite emotionally distant as well? I was trying to work it out because I've got a terrible memory. But I think my <laughs> ex-husband, I think, you know, at the end, I, I probably made them all like this. Mm. I hate public displays of affection, mm -hmm. I, you know, and I also living in Dubai, that didn't bother me so much because mm. obviously in Dubai, you can't kiss yeah. and hold, you know, do all these things. And when I moved here seven years ago, mm -hmm. or eight years ago, whatever it was, it, you know, it's much more free now yeah. to live in Dubai. But, you know, when I moved here, you nobody did public displays of affection. So, you know, I was used to sort of saying, don't touch me in public. Now I think I'm getting better. I hold his hand. You know, we do walk with arm in arm and, yeah. you know, all of this. I, I'm getting a lot better. And I do come to him for cuddles sometimes. He's <laughs> really lucky. And the thing is, he's so cute because if I give him like a kiss on the cheek, he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's the nicest thing you've ever done to me. Oh, okay. So he does crave that kind yeah. of affection and stuff. Is it both your parents that are a bit inaffectionate and emotionally quite distant? Or This is hilarious, by the way. I've just got off the phone with my mum because housewives need some pictures of me and my mum through the years. And they needed some pictures of me at boarding school. And I just got a message back from my mum going, darling, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> she 
just like I've got a few random ones yeah. of you and I'm like okay forget it <laughs> okay so none none together <laughs> and do you sometimes do silent treatment when you get upset does that ever happen with who with uh, my either mom. a partner or mom or anybody do I give you the silent treatment I don't know no, no it's not your I'm method. a screamer no I'm not really a screamer we, we just we just I have it out we're not I have it out with him I'm a housewife mm. housewives housewives have taught me a lot yeah weirdly it's taught me that not to hold on to stuff yeah you can't you have to work together the next day yeah so if you're feeling a certain kind of way I let people know immediately, which is good and bad. Yeah. Because if you're not a housewife, it's quite shocking. Yeah. And if you're, you know, my husband, you, you, then he knows exactly. And then it's over. We, then, yeah. I mean, I can be giggling with him five minutes later. That's great. My mom, oh, I just don't call them. Okay. But I mean, I'm not that I think they even notice, frankly, because. What's the longest you'll go without calling, maybe? My mom mm. and my dad. Mm. Months. Months, really? Yeah. So then in your relationships, do you need to check in every day no. and call every day? No. no. So yeah. it's been very weird. I'm always saying to him, like, I mean, I've got the girls coming over tomorrow. He'd much rather it was just me and him all mm. day. He's like, but I'm quite tough. I'm like, we're having, I'm having a girl's day. Okay. I don't need to check in at all. If he, if he goes off to the, to do an errand, I never check in to see where he is. Okay. So he, he always does. Okay. So generally with your ex-husband, was he like more like you or was he a bit more? No, we could go days without speaking to. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes what happens is you end up being with somebody similar because they understand your need for autonomy, mm. but then you don't have the glue that holds you together. So you yeah. almost need a Sergio. Yeah. Otherwise, both of you will end up living separate lives. Yeah. Did that ever happen in your previous? Yes. Yeah. I had se we had separate lives at the end, completely different friends, different, you know, outlook. I mean, but the thing was, it worked for a long time because yeah. I didn't want that kind of relationship. And also we had kids. They were young. I was just busy, really, really busy. I don't think I could have coped with a Sergio when I was building a business and had three young kids and doing everything else because he requires so much attention from me. And, you know, Sergio requires a lot of love, attention and time, which I, you know, don't have much of. So I don't think Sergio and I would have been able to be together had we met at that time. And how did you guys meet? We met in America. And right. he was at one of my first podcasts that was live. And what was your first impression? He's hot. <laughs> how did it happen? How did you guys? I just clocked him in the, the audience, which was a bit of a disaster. Because no I remember saying that, you know, when I was, I was so petrified going on, because I'm not, I, weirdly, because I do TV, but I, you know, was kind of scared at doing live audience which i will go back to eventually mm -hmm. i was taught you know picture everyone naked well sergio was the only guy in there and he was really hot and he was looking at me so i was like oh that was a disaster yeah. but yeah and when he left and i was outside with my then producer uh -huh. i went there goes my future husband and here we are married four years later and is this the first time you've dated somebody with an age gap or yes yes yeah and how did you find that age gap well, I mean, he lied, as everyone will know on this podcast. <laughs> he lied for quite some time. My friends had told me that they'd found out that he wasn't 30. He said he was 31, and at 31, I thought he was too young too. Yeah. But when we got to 24, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to jail. <laughs> and then I broke it off. Okay. And it's like, there's absolutely no way mm -hmm. this can happen. And I've got, you know, a normal life and a, you know, I was separated then. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, I've got a normal life. I'm not giving up everything and, and, and running off with a 24-year-old. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that went shit, didn't it? <laughs> Married him. And what is the best thing about being with someone so young? Like, what do you like most about that? 
comparatively to like when you know you've dated older men and stuff like what, what it is pushes it? me even more out of my comfort zone I yeah. always I always lie and say it's because he, he can read menus and I can't <laughs> but he pushes me out of my com- comfort zone I'm a homebody likes to work I'm a workaholic always have been mm-hmm. totally motivated by making money mm-hmm. totally motivated by I call myself a mag- magpie I think you can see that looking around mm-hmm. And so I think being with him, he made, we climbed the Himalayas together. We've taken many trips together. I've been around Bali on the back of a motorbike with him. We have so much fun mm-hmm. that I think when you're older and you have more commitments, men like kind of go, oh, you know, we can't go. We've got too yeah. much responsibility. Too much is going on. You know, I, I can't just jet off and do this. I've got this. I've got, there's always an excuse. Yeah. And Sergio is the person I can wake up. I mean, we work together now anyway. So, you know, that's how it works. But I can wake up in the morning or he can wake up and we'll say, let's go to Paris. And, uh, and, and, and we can. Yeah. And that's pretty magical. It is magical. And, mm. and and you didn't find that the same in previous relationships? They weren't as spontaneous? No. And probably I wasn't yeah. again. It's all about timing. If you really look at it, I was building a massive company. I had huge investors. Mm. I couldn't just up and leave. Then I had babies, couldn't just up and leave. Yeah. And you're trapped. Yeah. And, you know, I think that now I, you know, my children are at teenagers. Sergio and I work together. So we can pretty much work wherever we are in the world. Our, mm. our work is all done on a mobile phone. Yeah. You know, my management, my agents, everyone's in America. So I mm. work different times anyway. So no, we have a very, very free life. And do you think if you hadn't had your kids so young and stuff and hadn't had them out the way, would you date someone younger? Because I have this theory that when women have had their children and they've done that part of life, they almost date with fresh eyes again. And they don't have to put so much pressure on the person being like financially a lot above them and this and the other. And so they can be free and they almost have the same dating strategy as like, a man when they once they've had their kids but when they haven't had their kids they put a lot of pressure on the man to be perfect and have tick a lot of boxes do you think having your kids made gave you more freedom when selecting a partner i think that's actually a great point because i i'm a big advocate for this kind of relationship mm-hmm. and i know it's extremely rare yeah you know it's happening more and more but it's extremely it's rare. rare and especially to marry mm-hmm. you know most women always say ride them and then get off them. (laughs) But what I would say is, I think you're absolutely right. I was in no rush to get married again. I've been married 18 years. Mm -hmm. I've got my kids and I'm financially independent, as is he. So I wasn't looking for money from anyone. I wasn't looking for more kids and Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking to get married. Hence, I was married a year and a half later. (laughs) And I think that happens a lot. Yeah. A lot because... You see it in celebrities a lot as well. You see it in all like the Kim Kardashians, the Madonnas. They have their kids with the guy that that they trust to have children with. And then after that, they just think, I just want to live my life and I want someone who's up for the journey. And they kind of take the pressure off the man a bit. He's a great father my Mm ex-husband he's a great co-parenter we can we actually have a good relationship thank god yeah we can all hang out and that's great so yeah i think that's absolutely true and that gives you total freedom to choose to be your authentic self it also gives you total freedom to choose a man just for love because you know I like the silly in Sergio. I'm not looking for Sergio to run a massive conglomerate and get a private plane. I also have a lot of very, very wealthy friends. And that has not made them happier. I always say more money, more problems. Mm -hmm. I know that people think it's the other way around, but it's not. Yeah. And I've actually, I've had giant houses. I've had smaller houses. Actually, this is 
gorgeous. Yeah. This is the smallest house I think I've ever lived in. And it's stunning. And it's not only is it stunning, but it fits me. In all my other homes, and I'm, you know, I still have my house in Surrey, we use three rooms. This every, well, I've just showed you around, every inch of it I, I've used. And I was like so panicked that this was going to be too small and what will I do and all of this stuff. And I'm telling you, not only down to like the bills is a dream, but like it's just so cozy and cute and I've never loved a house like I love this. So my perception of what my life should look like has changed completely. And I think I always knew that with the right person, because especially, okay, marrying a 24-year-old, right? Everybody, nobody says this is a great idea when you're 43. No one goes, look, Caroline, this is the, the <laughs> dream scenario for you. Yeah. No one. They yeah. will go, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, have sex and go home. So I think I would already put in my mind worst case scenario. What happens if he never makes another penny again? What happens if I fall flat on my face and now I'm married on to a 24-year-old? What the fuck do I do now? And then I thought about it. And I was like, okay, I'll get an apartment. Worst my case apart scenario, you'll still be living a great life. My apartment will look amazing <laughs> yeah. because I have taste. Yeah. And then look, I'm married to a 24-year-old and frankly living my best fucking life ever. And I've had more and I've had less. So this is the best. And I'm not under a rock. Yeah. And so isn't it, do you think that having your kids get out the way, did that give you the mental freedom? Or was it the financial part that gave you the mental freedom to kind of just take the risk and be like, fuck it, I'm going to be with who I want to be with? No, I think it's the kids yeah. got, getting it out of the way. I, I've never been held back by finances. Mm -hmm. I mean, not because I was born with an endless pot of money. That's not, I know people think I was and I wasn't. What I did have enough for was my first house, which is an amazing stepping stone. Don't oh, get amazing. me wrong. I yeah. built my company. I raised all the money for it. And, you know, I, I, I built a very big company. And then I, I, you know, managed to to invest in in property with my ex husband and I've and and art and you know I've been clever, but you know at the same time I had a giant lawsuit and almost lost lost everything, so you know and that cost me an arm and a leg. So it wasn't like we have bought this and done this with sheer determination and hard work, and. From now on in, it's funny, I'm just, it, it's just getting better and better. I mean, now, obviously, buying a house in the Middle East is not easy, everybody knows. But now this part is over. I mean, it's like we're attracting more and more and more. And I think I want to say to people, instead of being conservative, and I see people that go, no, no, I'm saving like pots for the rest of my life. Live a little, you know, create your dream. Because if you're in your dream and you push yourself out of that box, actually you attract more in the end yeah you know if you're always in this safe box like okay well i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have half my money in the say in 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 the bank and the half of it here i like to live pushing myself to like okay i've achieved that now i'm going to achieve this and always sort of push myself to get a little bit yeah and you don't know, like when women kind of say oh i could never be with somebody younger it would make me so insecure especially in a city like dubai where it's like endless amount of women non-stop how what advice would you give them well he's what do you mean He's extremely lucky to be me. <laughs> I, I, no. I, I, I don't feel that at all. I'm like, I look at younger girls and go, oh my God. I mean, he wouldn't know what to do with one, first yeah. of all. He'd be bored 
fucking rigid. And, I mean, he, he probably like the sex a little bit more because she may move. But uh, yeah. besides that, beside that, yeah. he'd be bored rigid in two minutes. He loves yeah. my chaos. Yeah. Like, I mean, we have kids everywhere, dogs everywhere. We travel, we laugh. So a young girl really doesn't have much to offer him that I don't offer him more. So I keep Sergio on his toes by absolutely letting him know how lucky he is to to be here with me. He's in a reality TV show. We live an amazing lifestyle. We have a beautiful life. We travel. We've got kids. We've got animals. Like, what more could either of us want? Yeah. So young girls, I, I don't think he'd even, you know, like, obviously he, like, I mean, I, if I see a hot man, I'll go for, <laughs> obviously he sees hot girls on the beach. We live in Dubai. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't think he'd remotely, I don't believe for a second he would touch anyone. He wouldn't risk this. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that is the best way to see it. Because if you are really threatened by a beautiful young girl, that means you're, you don't have anything else to offer that partner. And that's I've why, also yeah. learned yeah. there's always going to be someone richer and better looking. There's so. always, yeah. So, But if you create that connection, no one's your competition. It's impossible. We're super connected. And I don't really see anyone as my comp- competition. And let me tell you, I've got, I'm 47, so I've got wrinkles and gray hair and none of which he sees. So. <laughs> yeah. And do do you, does he ever get conscious that you might meet somebody? Sergio, do you get Does conscious? he ever get jealous? Not really. I mean, no? jealous, you do. Do you get jealous? A, he gets jealous sometimes. What kind of things I, trigger his jealousy? He knows my type. So if he sees that guy, a guy, if I even like look that direction, he, he can be like that. Or if I... It's not my podcast, honey. Okay. <laughs> or is um, there anything that makes don't it? No, he just, he just sometimes you can, I can, I know when he's a little bit jealous. But, okay. but it's a healthy amount. Yeah, he's not crippling. But I also do know that he, you know, more than jealousy, he just doesn't want to be without me ever. So like, I mean, honestly, everyone goes for Sergio to have an affair. She'd have to turn up into this house <laughs> or in our bathroom somewhere. I just don't know how it would happen. Or I'd have to bring her. Uh, yeah, one or the other. <laughs> I'd have to be involved somehow. <laughs> and I was going to ask you a little bit about your boarding school experience. Was that, it was at a girls school? Mm hmm. And how did that affect your connections like with women and how is that playing into your friendships today? Well, I have, but well, I went to both actually. I had mixed schools and I moved around quite a lot because I was, I was very unhappy at boarding school. I didn't enjoy it at all. And I found it really, really hard, I think. So I, the mixed ones were really difficult because I mean, I was at that age, it's just a horrible age. I kind of think I was like 12 or 13 when I went to mixed school. And that's when the, it's that age where the boys rate you when you go to breakfast and, you know, there's the pressure to get up, but you're in a terrible gray and maroon uniform and no, you know, I defy anyone to look pretty in that. Yeah. And you're sort of marched down and the boys rate you as you go into it. It was just, I, I, I just didn't like it. I don't, I don't love mixed schools at a young, young age mm-hmm. because I think you have to focus on how you look and all of this stuff too much. And then, you know, even in my, I suppose in my classes, my, my age group too, all my friends were a year above me. So I, th- I, I suffered at boarding school a lot. I was always with older people. Right. Yeah. And because you, to be hyper successful like you are, sometimes you kind of sacrifice friendships in that process because you're kind of used to being logical, strategic, 
straight to the point lack of emotion and in that process that whole being really soft and connecting and spending it gets sometimes lost in that process did you find any of your friendships suffered 100 percent um is it for exactly all those reasons yeah i still do that today i'm very logical i'm very matter of fact which a lot of people it may be too direct mm-hmm. a lot of people can't take that mm-hmm. And I also, I'm not as soft, so I'm probably not the right person to come crying to. Yeah. So does that affect your female friendships more? Yeah. Yes, it does. I've lost, I've got a a good group of friends, but like, you know, when I go to, from England, like just say I left England. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I've left England. So I don't call my old friends. Mm -hmm. So I guess I, and I just move on. Yeah. And, and that's probably a bad trait looking at it that I just, I can just move on like that. Yeah. And how would they describe you? Like the worst case scenario, would they find it difficult being friends with somebody like that? Or do they just The accept- ones that love me really love me. And then the ones I know a lot of people really don't like me either. I mean, either way, I don't really care, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've got very comfortable in my own skin. But when I'm, when I'm, when I love you, I stay. And I've got friends for 20, 25 years. But, I, you know, if you're just, I, I don't know, I meet a lot of people all the time. So it's very hard for me to always stay connected. Mm-hmm. I do realize that maybe I don't do enough for my friends and that I'm probably too self-absorbed in some way. Oh, Sergio thinks I do too much. Really? But, oh, how? Everything? No, the ones that my really well, the close ones, that ones you here, do, yeah. I'm like, oh, I think about all the time. more yeah. than Because he... He would like me to do less. I like, you know, if they they call me for everything or they're here every weekend. Like, I like my house full. Right. I have, like, pool parties and barbecues. No, honey, let me just explain, okay? <laughs> so, basically, for me, the only friends that you have is family. And you are completely the other way. Because yeah. for me, I was brought up that you can only trust family. Right. And Caroline, because, you know, her experience in boarding school, she just literally anything that comes out of here... Like 55 people know already. So that's but, just how But do you think that might be because when her parents, she wasn't so emotionally connected to? So 100%. she had to connect 100%. with friends. Yeah. Yes. And I was brought up completely different. You're the opposite. With my parents always there. Mm. And I always rely on them. You know, I was talking yeah. to them as my best friends. And is, has that ever been, has that backfired, have being so open? Or has that been not a problem? Backfires all the time because people, yeah. you know, knowledge is power, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm also a public figure. So people have too much knowledge over, of, over me or things that they know and then I you know my ex-husband used to say the same he said Caroline you start where everyone's your best friend and then you know 10 minutes later you realize you can't bear them and then, <laughs> and then it's too late yeah you start with that way around but you know that it is what it is and yeah, I am what, the way I am what's your red flag now like when do you meet a female friend and you think we're definitely not going to get on in the long run well I mean I started like that with housewives I, I you know what I I'm getting better there is no red flag. Sergio is the red flag. Because <laughs> I always tell her in the beginning, as soon as I meet people, honey, be careful. Honey, be careful. Honey, be careful. And then, boom, it happens. Is he always right with that? No, Usually, say, honey. Not always. I'm always right. <laughs> he would just... He, have partner. you seen that movie, Boxing Helena? Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's my husband. He'd like to cut off all my limbs, put me in a wheelchair and just push me around yeah. so I couldn't go anywhere without him. Oh, Yeah, literally, which is hilarious yeah that's so what makes you realize okay this girl i'm not gonna get on with her after a while i mean weirdly i haven't had these reactions as hard as i did when i got into housewives yeah because it's Um, such an intense environment it's so intense and Mm. suddenly you know actually that's a good example because you know the ones that i started off really good friends with i'm not friends right now and the ones that i hated 
I'm getting on with. So it's very bizarre. I don't know. Things can trigger me. It can really, I don't like being told what to do ever mm. by him, by friends, by anything. If you, you know, so I don't like judgment. Yeah. I've lived my life where, well, I've been told what I've, what to do since I was six, you know, get out of bed at whatever, 5.30, make your bed, go to dinner, playtime now, this, that, like, a, like, like the army. So now I have a complete aversion to anyone telling me anything like that. So, which has been very hard for him too, because I'm like a wayward toddler who can just do whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> yes. But, Coming back. So yes, because yeah. I am kind of like the only one that she can trust. Yeah. Right? No. So when I tell her things, it's because I love her. And yeah. they are, you you know, have truth. her back. Exactly. Mm. And she just cannot take it right. Like, she just explodes straight away. Yeah. Well, they call that, in psychology, they call it the boom-bust phenomenon. It's when people have no boundaries, emotional boundaries. They almost overshare, but there's not enough time to create the trust. So they overshare. And the moment that person does one thing that breaks the trust, they automatically think, oh my God, I've invested too much. Bye. Like, run away. Yes. So whereas if we kind of approach friendships a bit more steadily... Do it slowly. Then it's that less likely. Because I do that as well. I, I love bomb I with love friends. That. Yeah, I kind of... Boom bust. Yeah. I haven't heard that. Listen to that. <laughs> Boom bust. Yeah. That is a good name for it. That's exactly what I do. But that's also in online dating as well. They kind of immediately share nudes or immediately have sex with them. And then there's not enough trust to maintain that relationship. And then they end up breaking a lot faster. I don't believe in that whole like the sex thing. I don't think sex changes, but I do think this online dating, what is wrong with it is the connection you make through text, which yeah. isn't real. Yeah behind a screen. I think that that particularly. I've had plenty of relationships that have lasted two, three years where I've slept with the guys. Yeah, away. yeah. It's not the sex. I it's a lack of it's connection. The lack of connection. Yeah, it's yes. an extra psychological. I don't think that changes yeah. anything at all. I mean... And, the, and then, you know, with your friendships in the Real Housewives, is there a common theme with the people that you start to disconnect with? Is there something that they do that triggers you? For example, I, my trigger might be if I see that a friend is starting to compete or a friend is starting to copy. That kind of triggers me a little bit because then I start thinking we're not having each other's back. Is there a common theme that a friends in general do that triggers you and causes you to disconnect? Telling me how to behave. Oh, you don't like authority. Oh, is no. that what you were going to say as yeah, well? I was going to say exactly like, <laughs> kind of like, you know, knowing what Caroline should be doing or have to do before she speaks. Ah, uh, okay. Telling me what to do. Do you see it as telling or do you see it as judging you? What, how Both. You, okay. I feel like none of your business. I, I've got to being this age where I really like who I am. Mm -hmm. As I said, I've lived a very un unorthodox life in a way, you know, where I ran a big company as a woman. I have, you know, I won my law case. I, you know, which was eight years, by the way. So much um, anxiety. I for left eight years. my husband. Yeah. I married a 24-year-old. So for someone to meet me and tell me, you know, how things should be done is very triggering for me. Okay. And is that even if their intention is good or do you automatically even, assume it's a even, bad intention? Because how would you know better? Right. How do you know better? Because I, I live in my gut. Mm -hmm. And also I think because at my age, if I'm doing it, I felt like that's the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I don't need you to tell me anything. Anything. Okay. You know, look, look, look at what I've built for myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, how? So okay. And what makes you better than me? And what kind of things do they direct you in? What kind of things do people tend to try and? Maybe my behavior. Maybe I was outrageous. I believe in every aspect, right? Mm -hmm. I can be, 
I can be smart. I can be, I can be in a boardroom. I can be with a room full of men. I can be, and then the next minute I can be stage diving in a nightclub, absolutely off my tits, jumping on a back of a motorbike in Bali, which actually happened, <laughs> having the best time of my life. And I actually like all of those sides. Uh-huh. And I actually think I need all of those sides mm-hmm. to be me. Okay. And so anybody that judges you or tells you what to do yes. automatically comes off your Christmas card list. Yes. And is that even if they've built a strong connection with you prior to that? No, but well, they can say, they can say that last night you, okay, say, say, say it was because of bad behavior. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem if you woke me up in the morning and went, Actually, no, I do. I do. Because my ex-husband used to say that, you know, you behaved badly last night. And I'm like, well, mm. sometimes what that when you have that emotional kind of logical CEO kind of mentality, even if somebody's done a lot of good, the moment they do something bad, it's kind of easy to retract. Because as CEOs, the moment you do a bad behavior, it can be fired. But what is, you know, that's my point. Who, who, who made anyone judge and jury? What is bad behavior? Okay, let's just, let's, if, if you're running, my children are fed and watered. Yeah. I have a beautiful home, you know, that we paid for. My house is well run. I'm not lying in bed. It, I just found out now before you arrived, my girlfriend, who I've known since childhood, same age as me, died last night from alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. Okay. She could never get out of the spiral. And for me, that's just like, I want to have the fun, the the I I the depression she had, all of these things with this miserable bubble she must have let lived in to be for this to happen. And it's, you know, at my age, I've seen it happen a lot with lots of different people who just live in this. I'm genuinely happy. Genuinely. And if it means that, you know, once every, I don't know, month, I go nuts with well, this is what he's worried about for t- on Sundays. I'm going to go nuts with the housewives, which we will. We'll have a pool party. It's a reunion or it's a... Just fun. Just, just fun. lying by the pool. But there'll be lots of rosé all day and loads of talk that he can't bear to listen to. <laughs> and then he should go out. Yeah. Go out and don't listen to it. But I'm going to do it. I'm having massages and rosé all day. <laughs> yeah. Going to get pissed in my house with the housewives and have a really good time. And then by Monday, I'll be, and I'll be fine. And my kids will be at school, fed and watered, and I won't drink for another week because I didn't do, you know, we, we went off just now. We've been in a health spa and we've had a lovely time. I'm not lying in bed and get, having a glass of a bottle of wine by my bed and I'm not, you know, do, hurting anyone. Yeah. And so is there anybody on the show or anybody in your life that you just won't forgive because of them trying to control you? Are you usually quite good at... I forgive on? everyone eventually. You forgive everyone um, Time heals everything. I, I'm, I'm terrible. I, I have a, a terrible memory. So ultimately, I forgive people if, you know, they really apologize. That's what I'm saying. If someone says, look, I shouldn't have said that to you, I'm like, okay, done. I don't hold a grudge. Then, you know, being in the public eye and obviously getting lots of feedback from trolls or just fans or whatever it is. How do you handle that? Like considering you don't like people telling you what to do or that judgment, does that trigger you when you really see that? No, because they've never met me. Okay. The only thing that does trigger me is when they comment on my ability to mother my children. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of, you know, because Sergio and I, uh, you know, we post a lot together in traveling. Where are your kids? Where are your kids? And that triggers me because my kids live with me. My kids do one week, one week. Obviously they have a father. Yeah. He's so in we, Dubai? Or yes, he's in oh, Dubai. Perfect. So 50-50 we have them. And if they're not with me, they're with him. And if I'm on holiday, they're with their father. And if they're not on my Instagram, doesn't mean they're not with me because they don't want to be on Instagram because they're teenagers. 
and that's normal. It's quite different when you have little children that you can persuade onto Instagram or they don't have any, you know, mind of their own right now. But when they're 13 and 14 and 17, you know, my kids, as soon as I put a picture up that we get a phone call to take it straight down. So it's just not even worth doing. So, you know, I do feel like that's the only thing that really triggers me. But I, I, I'm really good ignoring Ignore, ignore, ignore. Yeah. And with your children, can they ever give you feedback or do you still get triggered if they say anything to you as well? No, my kids can say anything to me. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, no. We, we definitely talk. I mean, I know that, you know, I know where I'm a good mom and I know where I'm a bad mom. And what's your best quality as a mom? My best quality is I will bend over backwards to do anything that they need or want or, you know, I think that I'm much more affectionate. I'm almost too kind to them mm-hmm. and what what would you say is something that is difficult you find difficult about being a mother time my time with them I'm very busy so I would say that I don't give them enough attention like one-on-one because there's three of them they all want different things so they need to have single time and I don't do that okay and you feel it you recognize that you I recognize yeah it. you recognize yeah. it but I mean I genuinely genuinely don't have time yeah but then it's like you know what's more important work or them and probably them you know they're going to be gone so I do know that something's got to give but like I mean uh, yeah yeah my schedule is off the charts I was doing housewives then tomorrow yesterday I shot Harper's you know Harper's Bazaar Arabia today I you know with you then I'm I, I shoot a new TV show trailer on Monday and Tuesday. I, it's not like I'm not lying around. Yeah, my 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 days are nuts now. How I get to a place where they're less because I am the brand, you know. I don't know, and I've got to figure that out. But I also think that it's good because my kids realize that to get all these things, yeah, you work hard. And do you know having a marriage with kids and now having a marriage without kids is a marriage nicer or easier one way or the other we're in this right now so we're talking about it we actually I love having Sergio and he helps me with my kids but we kind of like we're in a very difficult decision right Mm -hmm. now whether we do have kids or not because you know obviously he deserves to have a child but when when we look at our lives now we have a wonderful life him and me so do we do we because you do sacrifice that when you have kids you do yeah Yeah, you sacrifice sacrifice a lot yeah you you sacrifice connection a lot yeah Mm -hmm. and we don't want to do that I mean I've got quite a few more years in him but (laughs) you know yeah and so is that something you do you want to sacrifice this connection or do you want to no I don't but it's he he wants children of course yeah of course and so it's easier for them as well yeah yeah then it would be for you yeah so you know it's something we've got time we've got time yeah perfect Okay. And if you were to summarize one thing that you kind of want to work on in your marriage or maintain in your marriage, what would you like to maintain or work on? I think the same as, you know, look, the same as my kids, giving him time, time, what, you know, where he feels like really connected to me, which happens when we travel. And I think, you know, Sergio and I right now, we have a very selfish relationship. So I would say to women out there, you know, Younger is amazing because, you know, you have time, you have fun, you don't have to worry about all these grown up things, I suppose. Um, Sergio is not in an immense hurry. The only hurry for him is the thought that I can't have babies later. That worries him. But other than that, ladies, 
you know, I'm living the dream. I, I can definitely tell. There's nothing missing. No. No, there's nothing missing. So you're very grateful and very happy? Super grateful. Oh, that's amazing. I'm very happy for you guys. It's very rare that I, because of the field I'm in, I don't see happiness as much because I'm skewed. I usually have people that come to me for their problems. So it's really refreshing when you see people who are genuinely obsessed with each other. Oh. And it's really beautiful. So I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Should I leave it at there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. So thank you for joining us today on Divorce Not Dead. And if you want to get hold of Sadia, what is the best way that people can uh, find Instagram you? Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. Sadia Psychology is usually the, the title of that. There we go. I've quite enjoyed my therapy session today. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm feeling very um, relaxed. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much for being so open and thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you for coming on Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 